0: Hello, welcome to season two, episode two of Becoming Chiron, the key to healing and personal alchemy. With me, your hostess, as always, Ursula Duffy. I just pushed the record button today here in Atlantic City at 3.11pm. It is Monday. We are on the eve of a very potent Total lunar eclipse tomorrow morning in the sign of Taurus. And I wanted to record today for a number of reasons. I'm kind of really going off the cuff today. I have no notes at all. (laughs) And I'm just going to let this flow as it's meant to flow and trust that whatever comes through and out into your ears is what you all need to hear for your highest good and for healing, and what I also need to hear myself. I, this eclipse season has been extremely chaotic and intense for me personally. So once again, this recording, this podcast is helping me transmute and talk about things. And I just did an interview with my good friend, Valerie McLaughlin on her podcast, the intuitive heart healing podcast. And I released that and she released that last week. I believe it was on Wednesday or Thursday. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes and i do talk we both talk about what's been happening for us personally and how we're navigating the chaotic and intense cosmic energies that's the title of the show as well so <clears throat> i started this podcast on april 30th of this year and that was a solar eclipse in taurus and six months later here we are we're in season two I am recording season two, episode two, on the eve of the full moon and another eclipse in Taurus. So full lunar cycle, new moon to full moon in the same sign, and I'm very pleased with how this is going, how this is helping me in my own healing journey and embodying my own chart, and I'm just very grateful to be able to be doing this and to anyone, everyone out there that's listening that has given me feedback along the way in the last six months. I'm just so appreciative and it just warms my heart. And I hope that this has been helpful for you in your own healing journeys and understanding astrology and bringing it down to the lived experience and especially with personal shares and in particular personal shares with my own journey, but as well as the cosmic energies. So let's get into our Astro weather forecasts for this moment, and <clears throat> this eclipse that's coming tomorrow is to say that it's an intense is an understatement. I'm looking at the chart right now for it's going to be in Atlantic City here. So now we're in Eastern Standard Time. It will be tomorrow morning at 6:01 a.m. If you're in a place where you can actually see the moon set. You might be able to see it here. Um, Timeanddate.com is a great resource for seeing eclipse visibility and dynamics and all those things. So if you want to know if you can see it in your location, if it's clear, of course, and not daytime, check out that website. I don't think that I'll be awake. And I don't think we, we might get a glimpse. I'm not quite sure as the moon's setting, but... In any case, whether or not you can see it, we're still all affected by the energies. And I look at this chart, and all I see is red. And in the software program that I use called Solar Fire, red represents the energetic aspects between planets and chart points that are challenges. Red's intense. Red's usually squares. We've talked all about squares, and we have many, many (laughs) intense squares present and oppositions in this chart for this eclipse tomorrow so as i always say squares are like threshold experiences whether we know that it's something that's coming or like eclipse season it's something that could come out of the shadows or something that gets revealed especially with lunar eclipse energy just know that there's the challenge is there and it's our duty it's our responsibility to work through the energy in the highest vibration possible the one thing that i do see with this eclipse coming tomorrow is kind of like the pressure release valve is over in the sign of leo and that is just our creative energy our capacity to really truly come from our heart and just kind of if you need to navigate this by just detaching focusing on yourself just doing something creative dropping into your heart space and staying grounded are the best things that i can suggest and recommend navigating this We're also concurrent now with Mars retrograde. I've talked about this. The retrograde started on the 30th. And it has just added fuel to the fire, as far as I'm concerned, as Mars does. So we can let it agitate us or we can drop into the higher expression. And it's just moving forward with courage and with grace and with it being in the sign of Gemini, just letting some new, kind of new thoughts and ideas come out of this time, even though things kind of move more slowly during Mars retrogrades, it's a really good time to just kind of review that part of your chart, how it's aspecting other parts of your chart. It's pretty intense. I talked about the Mars Square Neptune last time, and that's still present. And now J- Jupiter has kind of moved back into the sign of Pisces. So we're at we're in a Mars square, Neptune and Jupiter at this point. So it's just such such an important thing to remember the power and the pause. What we have going on tomorrow, full moon, sun, opposite moon. So that's one of the oppositions that's happening. The sun is also ticking along with Venus and Mercury kind of flanking it. Mercury and Venus are both now on the sign of Scorpio. So they're both what's called under the beams which is when the sun's light hides the visibility of these two planets. So there's something percolating in this. Scorpio is the shadowy deep, what's happening beneath the surface. So after this eclipse, as things move forward, as we get out of eclipse season two weeks later with the new moon in Sagittarius, something may have risen to the surface for us to see, to be revealed some kind of truth, perhaps, with Sagittarius and Scorpio energy. So there's a lot happening here. We also have, this is a sun's on the south node now, and that's the great release or of the Zodiac. One of my <clears throat> favorite ways I've heard it put is it's the the great anus of the, the Zodiac that is a nod to Judith Hill. I love how she said that. I laughed forever after I heard her say that. It, it's so true. So we release from the south node. This is now on the other side of the scorpio new moon eclipse that we had on tuesday october 25th we're now at the full moon so full moon and taurus moon very 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 close almost to the same degree as the planet uranus north node there this is pulling us forward into something new so it's also getting challenged this is the square like the really intense square from saturn and we've been in this saturn square uranus energy we're in it like all of 2021 We are now at the final square here in 2022, and then these planets will move on, as I've mentioned in the last episode. Really, really, really intense. So this can be a lot of things rising up within our own lives to be revealed and come out of the shadows, and we can either repeat old patterns and stay stuck, or we can move forward and do something new. That's the challenge that we're all under. Of course, as I always say, it will depend on how it's affecting your own chart. So for me, as a Taurus rising, this is a total lunar eclipse in my first. And squaring my 10th, Saturn's going through my 10th, Saturn stationed a degree away from my south node, so a lot of the things that were coming up during the time Saturn was transiting my south node in the the earlier parts of this year are coming up again. And it's just not easy at all. So that's what we're all under at this moment, collectively, individually. Check in with your own chart. If you don't know your chart or have never had a reading before, I am here to help. So that is our astro weather forecast for today moving into tomorrow. And then eclipse energies have a rippling kind of you know energetic effect that lasts well beyond the eclipse itself so as i've said a few times already the energy for the remainder of this year is we're in it it's going to get more and more intense we're at one of the most intense times now but the mars retrograde will continue and just stay grounded like i said totally hone in on your intuition at this time what your body is telling you, pay very, very close attention to those things. It's very important to remember that we receive messages in our bodies and they're there to tell us something. I have had this weird pain in my back for the last couple of days. And that very much relates to something that just happened. So it's, I can't stress it enough. Listen to your gut, tune into your heart, stay in the highest vibration that you can as possible. And pay attention to your body. And anything that's coming in, just sit with it. It's coming in for a reason. It's happening for a reason. And it's a good time just to sit with things right now and figure out how to move forward eventually. Once Mars moves forward, once Mercury and Venus start becoming visible again, we'll know. We'll know how to move forward with all of this. So... That's the Astro Weather Forecast. And I said last episode, we I talked all about health challenges that I've had throughout my life. And this will be the part two to that whole story with me talking about my experience even more. of having Chiron in the first. And I talked last time about how this episode will be about my journey of food. So I want to get into that material now. I think it's really important to talk about these lessons that I learned and how they came up for me and to teach and relay that this knowledge that I've gained through all of these experiences onto you and how I incorporate all this into my own life has dramatically changed my health, my wellness, my awareness, and just my own healing journey to sum it up in, in that. So I talked about how my I learned about food and I changed my diet when I talked about my dad's stents problem issue. Digestive things that came up for me around that same time as well. So I, all of this was happening and I started to become concerned about this happening to me as well. And a coworker from the job that I was in at this time, which was the engineering company that I've talked about, the first kind of like GIS job that I had in the field, my coworker was a big proponent of what was then the South Beach Diet. If you've ever heard of it, you've probably heard of it. This was an interesting way for me to get introduced to a lot. I would never follow the South Beach Diet now, um, but this is where it all began. So he recommended it. He was following it for his own reasons, health-wise. And he's like, here, you know, borrow my book. So I said, okay. And I think I ended up getting my own copy once I read his. But I read that book and I learned so, so, so much about what's in our food. Things that I had never known before. This is very much about um, maintaining insulin levels and Eating very hypoglycemic, I believe, was the premise in this one, but also heart health, which I'm not so sure about at this point, based on some of the things that are recommended in this book. But important parts, it really helped me learn how to break away from what we're kind of taught, the food pyramid that we're taught, the way we're taught to pay attention to the nutritional facts chart and not necessarily ingredients. So throughout reading this book and and following the South Beach Diet for a while, I learned all about trans fats, which is any type of hydrogenated oil that's put in food. I learned how to read ingredients and not pay attention to the nutritional facts, because nutritional facts can be very deceiving. I learned all about high fructose corn syrup, also known as HFCS. Corn sugar, I think, is one of the things are calling it now i learned all about flour and whole flowers versus adulterated quote-unquote enriched flowers i learned all about order of ingredients in foods and what to avoid as far as like what comes first or what comes fifth or sixth or seventh i learned about whole foods and i learned about um sugars too so added sugars, like HFCS, sugar in general in food, and what to avoid. And the first time I went grocery shopping after I read this book, it took me over two hours to buy things that did not contain ingredients that I was learning to avoid. So one of the things about the partially and hydrogenated oils that they put in our food is that's a lot of what causes cholesterol problems and plaque buildup. They're undigestible. They're added to food to a prolonged shelf life. This kind of came up in like the 60s and 70s, I think, putting these hydrogenated fats and oils in food. So if you see that listed as an ingredient regardless of what it says as far as the trans fats on the nutritional facts label which they can put certain amounts in under a certain level avoid it if anything contains hfcs at this point i will not touch it unless it's something that i don't know or it's unavoidable will not eat anything that contains hfcs you might as well put a friggin cross and skull and crossbones on the food as far as i'm concerned I, tr- I do try my best to eat whole flour. So you want the ingredient to say whole wheat or whole whatever rather than <clears throat> something that says enriched because that means they actually strip the minerals and process the flour before they put things back in. Like it's it's, it's weird. Sugar, added sugars. If it's in the first five ingredients, usually won't touch it. Try to, try to avoid it completely if it's in the ingredients at all. And generally, like, anything that I can't pronounce or or any artificial sweeteners like aspartame, totally avoid it, won't eat it, period. If I can't pronounce it, it's not going in my body. So, I carried forward all of these things into the many, many months after after the experience with my father. And I can say that once I started following everything in the South Beach diet... I lost a lot of weight because I was not eating processed foods with sugars and all of those things. And it was extremely difficult at the time to detox when I think probably the first two weeks, I was just miserable. And I had switched from eating like Hot Pockets and stuff for breakfast to trying to eat oatmeal and things that were better for blood and removing cholesterol and higher in fiber and all those things. And the first time I ever ate oatmeal without any sweetener on it at all, just like plain oatmeal, I wanted to vomit. First time I had tofu, I wanted to vomit. So I I think I really, I think I just threw the first bowl away. Honestly, I think that that's my first memory of eating oatmeal. (laughs) So it was a lot, it was intense. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time, but your tastes will change. Your body will adjust. And I started feeling better after those first two weeks. This was one of the things that I had talked about that reduced my migraines significantly. I noticed a drastic change in the frequency with my migraines after I changed my diet, just, just to removing certain things and being more aware of the actual ingredients list. So I started there with the South Beach diet. And then my cousin, my wonderful, wonderful cousin, Joanne, has always been very into... Holistic healing, natural health—you know, pairing foods, dietary thing, all of the things. So, she turned me on to Real Age and the book You Want a Diet. So that shifted things a little bit more for me. I started removing more and more. I think during the South Beach Diet, I still was consuming some soda, like diet soda. So I was still consuming some artificial sweeteners, and the Real Age and the You Want a Diet, and all of those books helped me learn more and more about how they actually don't help you they harm the body they're carcinogenic so I started removing all that and like dyes and colorings and that kind of thing becoming more and more aware of that and just kind of shifting more into like a whole even vegetarian to an extent um food intake at that point point. and then after a while I really, really started noticing the difference in my energy levels, health in general, sleeping. So this whole detoxing and removing and relearning and all that helped me tremendously. And my blood work as well. I was really, really into going and getting my blood checked a couple times a year at that point. Just to see, I really wanted to get a good idea of if what I was doing, even though it was making me feel better, if it was actually working in my body and make, improving my numbers and that kind of thing. And it did. I started eating more um, healthy fats was one of the things that came along with the uh, real age stuff and the you want to diet, like healthy nuts, like walnuts and things like that. I started adding in to get my good cholesterol higher and It worked. My LDL, which is your lousy or bad cholesterol, throughout this time went way down. No medication, just dietary changes and and food changes and being more aware. And then my healthy cholesterol, the HDL, went up. Everything was looking really good relative to before that, when everything was happening with the digestive problems and things, like the numbers in my blood were not the greatest. And that concerned me as well. So just seeing the impact that those little changes that ended up having this dramatic impact on everything. And I got got the validation by seeing, you know, my own numbers increase and improve as well. So that was a huge learning experience. And some of the other things that come along with this are just our relationship with food in general. And it being, I mean, just being... A woman in in general too. There's just so much pressure on us. I grew up with so many, so much shame around food, and always just you know, relative to what we're seeing and what what we're shown on TV and in magazines and all these things. Like just having a bigger body in general, just having that be natural for me, and being very muscular. I talked about this early on in this podcast. I said coming with Taurus rising and learning. I'm pulling the astrology into it and learning that's just like having a very muscular frame is, is a big part of how we relate our rising sign to our actual physical appearance and having that learning and, and being okay with that being my thing and normal for me relative to what we're told is normal or better or quote-unquote healthy. So it's been a big journey with those things too. And I think that has a lot to do with Chiron in the first as well as having being a Taurus rising and self-worth and more things that I'll get into in part three in the next episode. But just food, like Taurus relates very much to food. Just having this be the episode that I'm talking about as we come to this full moon and the sign of Taurus, just it's a resource that we need to survive. And if it's not in its whole natural form and we're consuming it, how, wh- what, what does that do on a bigger level? Like just learning that the, whole, ugh, I can't, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with it, but just like eat an apple, you know, like you don't have to go and get some kind of concoction that's put in some kind of container. Like the whole food is the better choice, pretty much always. The fewer the ingredients, the better. And just our relationship with what's put in front of us a lot and kind of taking a step back from that. And yes, it's not as convenient. It's definitely not as easy, but the impact overall is worth it. And that's been a huge lesson and journey for me throughout my entire life. It's been one weird diet after another. When I was a kid, it was like, you know, like I said, there was just a lot of shame around food and, and being a, a larger person. And there was one point where there was this fat-free diet fad trend, I guess, in the in the 80s or the early 90s, and that totally screwed up my system. Yeah, I lost a ton of weight on it, but it totally screwed everything up. This this all goes like so deep into your chemistry and makeup and your hormones and stuff too. There was one point where I got really into making mathematics of everything and calorie counting and knowing exactly input, output, everything. And I had it down to a science and I went to a point where I was eating so few calories that my menstrual cycle stopped and I was in total starvation mode. Yes, I was at the thinnest of my adult life as far as the scale goes, but I was not healthy. And... Coming off of that, that was probably the most recent time. It's just been very up and down and yo-yoing my entire life. And all of these just like foods that are really not good for you as far as the fat-free stuff goes. They fill that with all kinds of fillers and artificial sweeteners and fake ingredients. It's just, it's just bad. So the most recent weight loss journey, I guess you could say, was in 2009. I talked about this in the Saturn Return episode. I got really um, into into like extreme fitness, like P90X and that kind of stuff. And like I said, the mathematics of calories and all that thing, just food journaling, all of that. I was I was pretty obsessed with it at that point. Jupiter, moon, and Virgo, what can I say? <laughs> so um, looking back on that time and, and everything, I just noticed that my body was starting to put the weight back on and there was no stopping it my body was just like I've had enough we're done with this there is no no more no more every time I tried to work out a little bit more eat a little less I would get sick I'd have something that was reminiscent of a cold like it obviously wasn't a cold but I would get a runny nose I would get a sore throat and a cough and this would happen like over and over and over again until I just stopped let it go just became okay with my body leveling out to wherever it wanted to be and being okay with that and loving myself anyway. And I have been maintaining for five or six years at this point without any effort as far as just making sure that what I'm putting in is still as high quality as possible. I've gone primarily organic as much as possible. At this point, I am now plant-based. That's been a long journey as well in learning what's in our dairy and meat products. If you ever want a jarring um, read on that, read the book Skinny Bitch, if you haven't already. Very interesting. So it's been this very long journey at my ripe old age now of 42 with just everything related to food all of the things that come in and now it is just such a pleasure to cook something that's has you know three ingredients and it's just delicious and learn have learned so much about plant-based cooking and try and learning the pitfalls too of the going plant-based and falling into the fake meat stuff and then that's another thing that I saw when I made this transition all of the things that are out there in the market and trying to be dairy or trying to be meat and they're just not and I do try my best to moderate those products as well and it was just a really it was a wake-up call and when I after I read the South Beach Diet book for the first time I was pissed I was just like how how do they get away with this? How are we so misled and misguided? And look at this one thing that's only on this one part of the label, but not the other thing that actually tells the whole story and the true story of what's actually in that box or, you know, whatever you're putting into your body and how all that affects so much in our, in our health and how all, a lot of it can be avoided just by focusing on food as healing and food as medicine rather than, having the stigma or you know I don't know I don't even know what to say about it I think I've said enough so all in all that's the gist of the journey for me that's really what I wanted to touch on I think that the content in those books at this point in time are it's still useful material but the South Beach diet still included a lot of dairy and meat and things that I don't think at this point, with the more that I know now, were exactly quote unquote health improving. But the doctor that wrote that book did his best at the time. That was in the, I don't even know when it was written, but I came across it in the mid 2000s. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a journey. It was a journey for sure. So I'm still very adamant about this topic to this day. Uh, if, if you are listening and you know me, you know that I will not consume certain things. Just I just won't. It's just not anything that I'm willing to even put in my body. And if you look at this as your body is your temple. Your body is, this is where we hold our intuition and, and our inner knowing and all the things that all of this processed stuff and fake food effects and kind of switches us off in a way to an extent, I think it's important to take note of and to pay attention to. And if you want to learn more, just reach out to me. I will provide you resources. I'm happy to do that. Um, my We have people in this area in South Jersey that are very into this as well and I believe I'm seeing beginning to hold classes and work with people one-on-one with improving food intake and diet and all that so I have people that I can refer you to and recommend if you if you'd like That's part of their services at, at this point which is fantastic and there's help out there if you want to change and you think food is one of the things that you're willing to dive into and really start working on I think that's great, and there is help out there, like I said. And I'm going to wrap up on that topic for today there. And one of the things that I wanted to do with the energy that we're in, just kind of to bring astrology back into the the dynamic here and, and the content of this episode, is I pulled the Lunar Eclipse card, from my Black Moon Astrology cards deck, and I just wanted to read a little bit just to give another perspective, like, outside of mine. I always like to do this. I've done this several times before. I find it useful and helpful. So this deck was created, and the book was written by this woman, Susan Shepard, and the card, the Lunar Eclipse card, says change on it, which is apt, (laughs) completely apt, especially right now. And the number on the card is 43. So break that down to a single digit, which is seven, which is pretty cool. I always like to pull the numerology in when I can. Seven is the number that relates to the mystic and our mystical journey. So considering the fact that we're talking about Taurus and Scorpio with this full moon and eclipse that's coming up tomorrow, full moon and Taurus, it's our sensory axis and i think that's important too like scorpio tunes into everything that's invisible and beneath the surface and the unseen realms and as we call it behind the veil and taurus is our sensual lived experience but i believe those senses go beyond the ones that were traditionally taught so just some things to consider and pull into the energy as well the moon is already in taurus at this point it's it's waxing through taurus now so the message on the card is changed like i said And the quote is, three things cannot be long hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. And it says that this quote is attributed to the Buddha. And here is what the guidebook description is for this card. A lunar eclipse takes place when the earth is directly aligned between the sun and the moon. The Earth blocks out the sun's light, causing the moon to be in the Earth's shadow. This can only happen during a full moon, and while a solar eclipse lasts only for minutes, the lunar eclipse lasts for hours. Ancient peoples were extremely frightened by eclipses because they believed a great serpent was taking bites out of the sun and moon. Eclipses can bring on times which seem shadowy and disordered but they are not necessarily bad and should not be viewed as such. We are meant to be thrown off balance and to make necessary changes. It is a time of seeing the light and focusing on something you have either put off or didn't exactly notice was coming up. When the Lunar Eclipse card presents itself in a reading, dramatic changes are in store. Such changes will likely be unexpected ones, the kind that might seem hard, or will take some special effort on your part. These will not be gradual, easy, barely noticed transformations. Your world may be rattled somewhat. It will seem more like a revolution. Do not be alarmed, however, because this altering of your life is essential in getting you where you need to be. We are all here to share our gifts and lead others to theirs. It is never an easy path. Any number of things might happen. The ending or beginning of a transformative relationship, a change in life's path or job, or a change in where you live. Whatever it may be, it will be abrupt. Lunar eclipses herald times of a new way of looking at things. That is why they can even bring on changes in eyeglass or contact lens prescriptions, or if you are lucky, a marked improvement in your eyesight. The moon also has a connection to the brain. Thus, you may find yourself more in tune with unseen energies or experience moments of revelation. Whatever the issue, it has been brewing for a while and things are about to bubble over. It could be a partner, or would-be partner who wishes to take a relationship to a new level? Since the moon symbolizes our emotions, you probably already sense what this change should be and will not be completely surprised by it. But the force and dramatic nature of the shift may be unexpected. Expect to be thrown off balance. If the situation is something you have taken for granted and it collapses, then you will need to make a new start. In any event, you should start to see these effects within the next six weeks and expect for an outcome to be completed within six months. This card also indicates cycles. And whatever, whatever seems lost at this time, you can be assured will return to you, perhaps in a different form, but most certainly better. Lunar Eclipse card in brief. Shifts, cycles, things brought out into the open, changes, perhaps radical, transformation, sometimes through crisis, but for the best, diverging paths, getting hit by a curveball when challenges turn up, relationships that deepen, transform, or end, feeling disoriented, not being sure of having made a correct choice, big purchases, a new home or change of residence in relation to a plan or goal, Endings, exposure, sacrificing things and giving up old habits, sudden awareness or enlightenment, possible medical operations, changes in eyeglass and contact lens prescriptions, strange, puzzling dreams, getting and receiving messages of the divine nature, taking a calm, active approach to sudden developments. Corresponding to Row Card is the Five of Cups. And key ideas, inevitable change, bringing in the new, memory, and dissolution. And I'll tell you, that is spot on. And not only because I'm an astrologer and I understand this, but this eclipse season in particular, like I said, it's been chaotic since early October. And it hasn't stopped. And this this is just the way that it rolls. Some eclipse seasons can be uneventful for people. Uh, some can be, like, I'm experiencing this one in particular. I can, I can relate this to, like, the eclipses that co- brought me back to astrology. I've told this story, the, the ones that were in 2017 and 2018. Just, wow. I'm <laughs> just, Wow. And I'm doing my best to stay grounded, but also to honor what's coming up for me at this time, too. And sometimes it just hits us in this way. It really is very dependent on what's happening in your own chart, like I said. So I have the crows outside. They've been singing for weeks now. (laughs) They love the power lines and they love, I don't know. They're just, I don't know if you can hear them or not, but... The crows have been around for a while so death and rebirth cycles abound and chaos abounds and the energy that we're moving into tomorrow and beyond is is no different at all so i am here for you if you want to have a reading with me i am also if you are someone i've already worked with i do check-ins this time eclipses are great times for check-ins when there's upheaval there's usually something working behind the scenes that's trying to get you more on path, like we talked about in the card and what, like what I talk about in general. So I am here. I am actually going to also change the format of listener support for this show, and I'm going to change it to um, the opportunity to be a subscriber. So if you're in a position to do so for that and want to show some support, I'm going to make that an available option now rather than just the other listeners, listener support that was just donation based. And that can come with however we want to build this thing. It can come with, um, special episodes that are exclusive content. It can, I'm I'm willing to grow this with whomever becomes a subscriber and I will totally listen to you and what you want out of this. And I'm happy to do bonus episodes and exclusive content shows or just special coupons. Uh, I'm I'm all ears (laughs) and open to suggestions at this point. So you'll see that change with the posting of this this episode. And I'm going to work on the background and get that done today um, prior to loading this up on the podcast platforms. So, and as always, um, the intro music is by my dear friend and soul brother, Cassius Kirk of Kind Music. It is his space cowboy song which i think is so appropriate for Chiron energy <laughs> just like we talked about with Chiron's orbit and how he kind of flows between Saturn and Uranus and in the invisible invisible realms it's just pretty cool so shout out to Cash we're all going through this <laughs> and uh, thank you for letting me continue to use your awesome song at the beginning of the show and i'm going to wrap it there for now and for today And I'm just sending all my love and support to all of you. And I'll put also the link to the episode, like I said, the interview I did with Val, navigating intense cosmic energies, because I think that's relevant as well. And Valerie shares some beautiful stories and perspectives of her own in that too, which are very helpful and useful. And I leave you all there for now. And as always, remember to be a maverick. Bye.